InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Accidents happen, leading to injury and sometimes death. But one expert says many of these could be prevented if people developed a safety mindset. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. We're joined by Steve Kastner. He's a research psychologist and safety expert who spent the past 20 years at NASA, and now he's written a book called Careful, A User's Guide to Our Injury-Prone Minds. Steve, let's start with a basic problem that you lay out in your book. After a 100 years of steady improvement, the rate at which Americans are being injured or killed in everyday accidents is sharply increasing? Yeah, this is the problem that no one really is talking about, and it's something very, very surprising if you look at the history of safety. For a 100 years, we got safer literally every year in most everything we do, and now it's somehow going the other way. What are some of those dumb or quirky things that we do today that maybe wouldn't be considered safe behavior? There's so many things. For example... A hundred years ago, we didn't really have to know much about our ability to pay attention unless we worked in some area where we were being vigilant over something or another. But today, we really do have to know about the limits of our ability to pay attention because we have things like phones in our hand and steering wheels in our hand. And it's really easy to imagine, hey, I can do both of these things at the same time. I could look out at the phone, I could look out the window, and I'll be okay. But if you go to the psychological research, you'll see that you're not going to be okay. We're really not very good at this thing we call multitasking. We think we are, but we're not. And that rise in the injuries and the fatalities reflects that. This is just one way that we didn't have years ago that we do today that is getting us hurt. In your book, you weigh the question of what is riskier, jaywalking or kayaking. So what is the answer to that? <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I never really got the risk numbers for jaywalking because we have no way to know, really know how often people do it. But we do have some kayaking numbers. I thought I remember it was about like a 3% chance or maybe even less than that of you needing medical attention on any day of kayaking. But we really don't know how often people jaywalk. But we see lots and lots of pedestrian fatalities. They just went up something like 13% last year. So obviously... This is the wrong time to get into jaywalking, especially now that we have phones in our hands. The numbers are there. We're doing something wrong, obviously. Well, you know, even things such as skydiving, no one in my family has ever done that. But my wife and I went skydiving last year for the first time. That's probably an example of what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, and no one knows the risk. And I understand that that's pretty safe. If you get the training and you follow the rules, that it's not too bad. But you think it might be the case that texting and driving is, in fact, more dangerous. The problem is we really have no access to real information about risk. One of the things that shocks people is that over your lifetime, you have about a one in four chance of having your home catch on fire. (laughs) Like, wow, that's really high. You can skydive a lot of times before you have to face a one in four odds of being hurt. We just don't have these numbers in our heads, and we have nowhere to get them. Our guest on InfoTrack is Steve Kastner. He's a research psychologist and safety expert and the author of a book called Careful, A User's Guide to Our Injury-Prone Minds. You mentioned house fires. One interesting thing you do write about is that work is the safest place for us, the place with the fewest injuries or fatalities. So does that mean that being at home is the least safe? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Work is the most safe and home is the, uh, we don't work in a slaughterhouse. We live in a slaughter home. Hmm. It's terrible. At work, we have this system. You just see it. There's usually a company philosophy. There are procedures, required training. You're provided with equipment. And most of all, we have people watching what we do. We watch each other and we criticize each other for doing something wrong. Everyone's favorite pastime. But you go to your house. First of all, you're not a paid expert in whatever you're doing. I use sharp knives all the time in my house. I have no idea what I'm doing, and I got some scars to prove it. And you can do anything you want because no one's watching you. When I'm slicing a bagel in my hand instead of on a cutting board, nobody's going to pop up from behind the refrigerator and say, hey, go get a cutting board. We get away with so much. We actually don't get away with it. But, yeah, there's that culture. And I talk about, would there be a way to bring home that safety culture that we have at work and infuse it into our everyday lives. That would probably make this problem go away. If you were going to choose the top two or three causes of injury of death that are maybe most preventable, you've mentioned smartphones and cars a couple times. That's probably number one on the list. But what else would you say? That's not even number one. Certainly cars are a big one. And whether you're driving them or walking or cycling around in front of them, they're a big one. Hurrying behavior, speeding. If we all slow down... 5%. The result of that would be 30% of all traffic deaths would go away. Just 5%. Whatever you're doing, take 5% off of that. Wow, you're saving a third of the world right there. Knowing that hurrying buys you nothing. You know, there are studies where they compare people who take their time and stop for the yellow lights and whatnot and compare them against people who drive like crazy, like they're you know, got to get there yesterday. And you find that there really is no time savings. Whatever you save by running that yellow or red light at one intersection is going to get frittered away at the next one. Yeah, right there. If we all just took a deep breath, and of course there are other scientists who study the flow of traffic and find that if we all just relaxed, drove at a constant speed and didn't do anything unpredictable, we'd get there sooner. (laughs) So we could actually go faster by going slower. But How do you get that in someone's head? It's really hard. We mentioned at the start of the interview that around the mid-90s was when the accident and fatality rate had bottomed out, and now it's started to go back up. Is there a point that we will reach that the fatal injury rate is as low as it can possibly get? I don't think so, and I say that with confidence coming from the airline industry. You think about how scary that sounds. You're in this aluminum tube flying at the speed of sound, eight miles high in the air and eating lousy food. I mean, that just sounds dangerous. We've got the fatality rate down to nothing. I mean, literally nothing. Meanwhile, I'm trying to go to the grocery store and pick up some milk and I'm getting killed or using a ladder at home. There's no way we're at the bottom. There is so much room for improvement. We could make this basically go away if we really tried. And despite all this conversation, I understand that you fly jets and helicopters and ride motorcycles and skateboards. Yeah, and I've only hurt myself doing some of those things. And it's funny that the more regulated it is, the more of a safety culture there is surrounding it, the less likely I would be likely to hurt myself. So, yeah, I've never hurt myself flying anything. But, you know, you get on the bicycle, I'll wipe out every once in a while. And then the skateboard, of course, I'm just asking for it on that. There's something about using this system, and this is what I try to accomplish in the book. Learn your limitations, because the world is just full of banana peels and mud puddles now. You have to learn, what can I get away with and what can I not get away with? 
where do I get it wrong? And even as things as uh, making errors, like you repetitively do something like chop carrots or something, it's only going to be some number of chops before that knife blade goes somewhere else. It happens to the best of us. So are you set up to survive that? Where's your other hand? You know, you don't want it in the path of the blade. You need it somewhere else. Just that kind of thinking. How do I make the best use of my mind, this instrument that is my mind, and get through the day in one piece and meet these challenges? Steve Kastner, research psychologist and the author of Careful, A User's Guide to Our Injury-Prone Minds. Steve, do you have a website where people can learn more? Sure. It's just my name, stevekasner.com. I also write a blog for Psychology Today where I'm constantly putting out latest thoughts on being careful. But that's all available on my website. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.